Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do. So probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober. An unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly, authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. What are you doing, Hamish? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm using sound to balance my trackers, Vic. Oh, God, it sounds like you're going to the toilet. <laughs> oh, do you need the toilet, Hamish? <laughs> yeah, yes. 
<laughs> dear, oh dear. Vic, you need, you need to get into this. You need to find your holy inner being. The only holy I have, Hamish, is the holies in my underwear. Oh. <laughs> I bet you can't fix that with a few oms and a singing bowl. Happy to give it a try. Oh, you've got, I've caught on. <laughs> yeah, see? It's infectious. We must mention where we are again today, because I, I think everybody knows, like, obviously, the episode today is about spirituality which is why Hamish is making those noises but the room that we're in doesn't smell very spiritual today does it Hamish so I can't remember if it was the last recording day or the one before that the room smelled good when I arrived and then Vic's dog immediately threw up on it yeah and that smell hung around for a couple of recording days yes today different smell today different smell it's urine it's urine. <laughs> it's not mine. Uh, it's not Vic's. No, Freddie keeps wetting the bed and we're actually in Freddie's bedroom. And it's just, as mums listening would know, that stage between not nappies and nappies. And it's just a constant cleaning of sheets and pissy mattresses. If anyone wants to write to me and tell me how you get piss out of a mattress, then please do. Maybe these are the sponsors we need to be reaching out to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's detergent companies. Mattress protector companies. Um, like air cleaner, you know, yeah. those th- the things that lose go. Yeah, I think you have to ditch them. I think you have to ditch the mattress. And just have them sleep on the floor. Yeah, just have them sleep on a shelf or something sleep or in a on drawer. The loo. Yeah, sleep yeah. on the loo. Yeah, that'd be easier. We also asked Alan whether or not he was spiritual. Um, and he, he sent us something quite special, Vic. Well, what we do is we, we ask Alan a few questions and then we usually get a text back. You you guys know Alan, so you know the kind of energy he brings, which is generally, oh, I don't know, like... I don't know what to say. I don't have good answers. And then he said something like this. So the question was, are you very spiritual, Alan? I'm about as spiritual as a seven-inch dildo. There you have it. Yeah, so that's Alan's response to whether he's spiritual or not. I think from that, we'll guess that he's not. That does lean towards the side of maybe not that spiritual. Today, we want to discover why spirituality can be helpful for some in sobriety. Yes, we say for some because I am a perfect example of someone that closes the door on the woo-woo. But I am trying. As you all know, Haim took me to a breathwork course, which I really loved. And I can see how some more off-the-wall types of support for those that are sitting on the alcohol spectrum can help with healing. I'm a whatever-works kind of girl. If sitting in a circle of strangers crying and having Reiki and finding your inner child in a pot of dal works, then I'm all for it. I feel like today's episode is going to be a bit like the camping one, where I'm like all guns blazing, I love camping, yeah. and you're just digging your heels in, going, piss off with your woo-woo bollocks. I'm a misery, aren't I? Yeah. Miserable guts. I'm always the miserable one saying, I don't believe in that, I don't like camping. We'll do an episode on something that I hate and you love. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll I don't think we can find anything. <laughs> There'll be something. No. I, do you like mosquitoes? No. Okay. I hate mosquitoes. Okay, I hate them too. Who would like mosquitoes? I don't know. You're quite weird. There might be some sort of, it's your favourite animal. Oh yeah, I love them. I've got pets. Yeah, I've got pets in a jar at home that I get to bite me occasionally. (laughs) Today we want to find out what's behind some of these new age ways to restore yourself when in recovery from alcohol. We're going to tell you about some of our outer body experiences and find out what other methods outside of AA, rehab, courses and therapy are used to treat people that have problematic drinking issues. Yeah, we're going to touch on that AA God thing as well a bit later on. I love this episode already. It's time to squeeze past the lentils, elbow the metaphysical goddess in the ribs, if that's okay, and discover the divine oneness that resides deep within our souls, Hamish. Our souls, Vic. Yes, Ham, deep inside our souls. That's good. 
<laughs> you really good that. Thanks. I'm guessing by the fact that you said that AA God thing, yeah. that you're not super pro God. We'll find out later. <laughs> we'll find out later how I feel about all these things. These are just our opinions, of course. Like we don't share the opinion of the whole world. It would be a boring podcast if we did. True. <laughs> Let's begin with our past run-ins with our sacred beings, Vic. Yeah. Tell us about your most spiritual experience. Does this include the psychics and other pastimes that you can't prove really work? Okay, I do sense pessimist in you already. Yeah. <laughs> so true. See, my problem is this science brain that I have, Hamish. I just want to explain that a little bit. I'm a factual sort of person. Mm. I need proof for things. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe anything unless you show me it, if you know what I mean. And yet, of the two of us, you were the one that was in a cult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I saw the benefits of that, though. It was made me feel better. Yeah. So, therefore, I believed in it okay. for a very short period of time. But I questioned it very early on, to be honest with you. I do try sometimes and see the benefits from all these types of weird and wonderful therapies. I think my most spiritual or lack of spiritual thing that I ever did was when I was trekking in Nepal years and years ago and I was in a town called Pokhara. Well, actually, there was a huge plane crash a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, I was in the middle of nowhere on my own and there was a cave that had palm reading written on top of it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't really believe in this sort of thing, but I'm in a weird place mm-hmm. and there's a little man in a cave. If I'm ever going to get my palm read, this is it. So I went in and he was like, hello, madam, sit down. And I sat down and he had all these books that looked like something out of the never ending story or something like that, like maps of stars, like these massive, huge books mm-hmm. that were probably like a metre wide. Sort of when you turned a page, the whole thing sort of clunked over with dust flying up yeah, in the air. Cool. I was like, oh, this is like I'm in a movie. And then he was pointing at maps and looking at my hands and he put a little lotus flower in each of my hands. And I was like, this guy is going to tell me that, you know, he's going to, map out my life for me this is going to be incredible it went on for about an hour of him just nodding and looking at books and then looking at me and looking at my hands and looking at the book again and then at the end after I'd handed over the money I must say which was probably like 50 quid or something he just looked at me and went very lucky that was it yeah That was it, nothing else. <laughs> the way that you described him, the image that it gave me, this is such a niche reference that will <laughs> yeah. alienate most people listening. Do you remember Fort Bayard? No. Oh, God, Fort Bayard was like a brilliant TV show where the challengers were sent to this castle and they had to run around the castle. There's different challenges in different rooms. Yeah. And at one point you went up to like the tower to see basically a wizard okay. who had these huge dusty books yes. and would give you a clue, I think. Yeah, it's a bit like Gandalf or something, isn't a it? A bit like Gandalf. Yeah. Gandalf. What's his name? Gandalf. Gandalf. Gangdalf sounds like he's in a gang. Yeah, he's in a sort of gang. Yeah. Wizard gang. We could write a adulthood version of <laughs> yeah, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. With the rabbit. <laughs> okay, so Palm Reader in Nepal didn't work for you. But no. you've been lucky. It wasn't wrong. No, he wasn't wrong. I have been lucky. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of what I walked out going, well, that's another weird therapy that I'm never going to do again. Yep. Ecstatic dance I tried once, which was just me sort of wandering around a hall making weird noises mm. like you were at the beginning. I found it embarrassing. Reiki made me uncomfortable. I had acupuncture when I was trying okay, to get... Hang on. Okay. How can Reiki make you uncomfortable? They're literally not touching you. I know, but it's just the silence. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm a talker, aren't <laughs> I? I'm an interrupter. Did you? So... Yeah. What have you been up to this weekend? <laughs> Do you feel anything? 
No, other I than just felt a bit sweaty and hot. Really? Yeah, yeah. and paranoid. Uh, acupuncture. Uh, I tried that when I was um, trying to have a second baby. I mean, hot pricks all over my body, yeah. Hamish. Well, you were trying to fall pregnant. Uh, yes, that's true. So and did you it fall was pregnant? Th- I actually did well, fall pregnant. Once. This yeah. is what I'm saying. It's working. <laughs> yeah, but I'd had sex that not acupuncture. <laughs> we didn't go there literally to fall pregnant. <laughs> Wasn't a really beautiful man doing the acupuncture. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thought <laughs> this'll do. Yes, Nelly doesn't look much like her daddy. Actually, she does. So it's all right. Meditation in the town where the Buddha was born in a place called Lumpini. I went to. Mm. So I thought, well, if I'm going to meditate, I'm going to meditate in the town yeah. where the Buddha was born, if he existed. <laughs> Ever. Um, I went into a room and an angry German monk came and told me off for being in the room and sent me away. Was and it? I was like, well, that wasn't very spiritual. I'm not coming here again. What what room was it? Was I don't know, just a little like room. His, his bedroom? Were you in the wrong room? <laughs> I'm allowed in here, aren't I? This was sacred in palace. The <laughs> this thousand year old room. <laughs> oh, okay. So you didn't even get to start the meditation? No, I didn't even get to start it. I went to the hugging mama in an ashram in India. Uh, it was just a massive queue and didn't even get to hug her. See, uh, I, I wait, go hang, to the... Hang, wait, on, hang on. <laughs> go on. You can't just use the phrase hugging mama and expect any of us to know Do who that is. Do you not know the hugging mama? Famous for hugging? Very, very famous all over the world for hugging. There's a brilliant documentary. I can't. I think it's Louis Theroux. Yeah. Because he didn't believe in any of it and he went, eventually met the hugging mama. It might be Louis Theroux. I have to look that up. But there's a brilliant documentary about it. Someone who is a complete pessimist and was like, yeah. what's it all about? And she's an Indian lady and she just gives you a lovely hug and everyone feels sort of enlightened afterwards. Oh. And she's got this beautiful, lovely face. She's just an amazing looking woman. And I sort of thought, this is something I can believe in I can understand why a hug would make you mm. feel better the documentary maker who, whoever it was went in not believing any of it had the hug came out and was like I'm a changed man Whoa. yeah it was really interesting to and watch you, so you queued but you didn't, you didn't hug her I queued and I didn't hug yeah. Oh, it's nice. It's nice idea. The huggy mummy. No, can you can see isn't why it? all the mummies together. I know the huggy mummies. You can see why Hamish. Why I'm put off by a lot of these things because it never quite works out yeah. for me. I got told off at the Crystal Castle near Byron Bay when I took George because I walked the wrong way across a crystal maze and a lady shouted at me. Then oh. said you're interrupting the atmosphere or something. Craig David goes there every time he's in Australia. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never been there, but I've seen it through his Instagram. <laughs> It's quite good, the Crystal Castle, just because it's got nice views, not so much to do with the crystals. But I'm a pessimist, so don't listen to me. My cynicism means I go on these sessions in the wrong state of mind, okay? So I'm so busy making a joke out of all of these practices that I don't give them the time to learn or benefit from them. Mm. That is my problem. So I think what it is, Haim, is that I'm the sort of person that giggles when someone farts at yoga and blushes when someone tells me about their guru. I find it all a bit cringy. I I think I'm tainted because I've watched too many docos on Netflix about spiritual healers with 50 Bentleys. And I think the sort of followers are getting more than a spiritual cleansing from their leader. I think they actually leave having been brainwashed and actually a bit of spiritual trauma if there is such a thing. It leaves me with a lack of trust. Something about preying on the vulnerable makes me uneasy. People are sometimes searching for something, I think, especially if they're a drinker. Finding it in someone like Sai Baba or a hugging mama or men in robes that say oneness and divine being a lot probably isn't that safe. It's just another answer to a question. I'm not saying there aren't good ones, but I do have a lot of questions. See, it's interesting because when we went to that breathwork one together... And then so we did this big exercise and they say, look, if anyone wants to share their experience, then do so now. And you were like, guys, I came in here and thought you lot were all weirdos. Yep. But then 
I felt what I felt and had an amazing time. Yes. So I guess you're sort of starting from, you know, a place of cynicism. So it needs to be maybe even more impressive to have an effect on you. Maybe it's a safety thing. Maybe I'm mm. so conscious because I always hear about all of these cults and all, and because I was in a cult. Mm. And I'm nervous of those situations because I think they can be quite powerful. And if it's misleading rather than healing, I have concern that it's an unsafe environment, that somebody's going to believe in something and think everything's okay and they're cured of everything and they feel happy again, whether that's a reality or not, which is why I need fact and I need proof of things before I step into them. Yeah. Yeah. I think as soon as money is involved, yes. it's easy to be suspicious. Yeah. Which I think maybe is why something like a breath work or an ice bath, I'm more inclined to because it doesn't cost anything. And if you feel something great, if you don't, then cool, try something else. And especially if there's a sign of a hierarchy in any of these spiritual groups, like where I realised that the thing I was in, which was called a therapy group, which of course mm. turned out to be a bit of a, a therapy cult, it was the hierarchy that I was like, oh, I want to give it more money because I'm doing really well and I feel better and I want to move up within this hierarchy and give mm. them more money. And that's when I started to question it because I was like, well, actually, people are making money out of my vulnerability. And I think with any of these things that we're talking about today, you are generally a vulnerable person sometimes, not all the time, who's searching for something to make themselves feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's real and as long as it really is helping you for the right reasons. Yeah. I'm hoping, Hamish, today that we're going to represent both sides of the story here please tell me you meditate every morning that you eat only ayurvedic and you're thinking about starting your own ashram not quite but, oh, but come not on too far off so i guess when i started doing meditation was through this tantric yoga and meditation thing so i went through this breakup and i was in a pretty miserable place and then two of my best mates in paris said look there's a yoga teacher that we love he's coming here it's gonna be a tantric workshop and meditation like do you want to come? And I thought, I'm newly single. I hear the word tantric. I think it's sex. <laughs> hell no. I'll feel so single. Yeah. And I'm I glad I did I thought you hell it. yes. Most of them would have said hell yes. Yeah, but I was still heartbroken. Right. I didn't want to connect on a spiritual level sexually with strangers at that stage. I was still Fair enough. <laughs> busted about my ex. But I did go and I loved it. And I actually ended up going twice. Okay. I think that doing tantric meditation is particularly good for anyone that struggles with doing normal meditation so okay. i sort of struggle to do normal meditation because it's you by yourself eyes open or eyes closed sitting on the floor of your bedroom or a yoga room whatever it is and i after a while start getting a bit bored yeah tantric is all partner work so you've got a partner you might be facing them you might be not it might be eyes open might be eyes closed might be contact or not contact either way you because you're sort of going through an experience with someone else I found it exciting and interesting yeah. and felt a lot. So I loved it and recommend it to literally anyone. I think you do have to have the right teacher. It has to be the right environment because it can get a bit seedy. Okay. Um, luckily, I, I did it in like a really sweet, trusting space. But yeah, even in ours, like we had a, we had a girl that came and he had an orgasm. She was there with her husband and she did an exercise with a teacher and had an orgasm. Really? So that, you know, which is, which is amazing. Have I, you got the number of this guy? No, I think one does. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I can give you, yeah. He's called Godfrey Devereaux. Okay, Godfrey Devereaux. It was amazing. Done in the wrong way, it would be creepy. Oh, when I moved here, I wanted to do it again. I was like, I live in Bondi, everyone's single and young. Yeah. They would just think tantric is sex and everyone would start hooking up. Big orgy. Yeah, it would be not as good. My favourite part of music festivals is always the meditation tents and the naked saunas. So the naked saunas is that the way that I start every day at a festival, that is a naked sauna. So you go there, everyone's naked, you sit there, <laughs> you have... I always think the conversations that you have naked are more interesting than 
clothed. And then after you've been in there, everyone comes outside and you drink chai together and have a chat about what you're going to do in the day. And that is my favourite part of the festival. Often there are meditation tents and, you know, like the sort of more chilled out part of a music festival. I always love being in that for at least half a day and drinking chai and talking to people in that environment. I have a few questions about it. Go. So are there some people coming in the tents that are off their nut from the night before? Are they allowed that in? I've noticed. Okay, because it would be quite a nice chill space and you wouldn't want someone coming in being like, yeah. have you come up yet? Um, I do have one of my best mates at, at drama school. He used to do dance meditation. Oh, yeah. Which I've never been brave enough to do, but he would literally stand in the middle of like, the courtyard at school. So there's all of us there. There's 80 people in the school in Paris. And he would put headphones on and just dance like an hour in the morning. And just not, he had no issues of looking like a bit of a wally and he absolutely swear by it. I think we can, that is so good because I think later on we're going to mention music therapy and in sobriety one of the best things I've ever done is that um, silent disco. That was a form of therapy for me because I was like socialising, I was unconscious of how I was acting Mm. because the music, I felt like I was on my own and that is a really good way of getting yourself out there. I really recommend doing that as a form of therapy actually. For sure. And you know, it's moving, it's exercise, I guess all the reasons that yoga are good in terms of stretching and moving your body and connecting with yourself, sort of similar if you dancing by yourself not comparing yoga to dance because I'm pretty shit at both of them yeah. and I'm sure yogis and dancers will I'm get sure upset I'm sure you're a very good dancer you swung all, me around the dance floor on Saturday I did yeah. all enthusiasm no skill like my karaoke yeah. really that's good um, though the breath work I know I've banged on about it in this in this podcast but I think that the day that we did it together was maybe the biggest high I've ever had mm. you know like outside of booze and partying I felt like I was off my nut that yeah. day I absolutely I did too. it was extraordinary if it, is it a coincidence that I picked up that as a hobby when I dropped alcohol well maybe I was looking for highs in other ways to, yeah. to connect possibly maybe not that um, is something to be said though you've hit the nail on the yeah. head like if people stop alcohol I think often you're looking other ways to feel euphoric yeah. you're trying to look for that high or that buzz and I think that is a perfect example of mm-hmm. that Hamish which is you know I think that is one of the sad truths of going sober is that your life it's a sad truth and it's one of the good things about going sober is that you don't have the peaks and troughs anymore no you know you do drinking you do have these huge highs and huge lows and the huge highs are great and the yeah. huge lows are miserable yeah. and not drinking you don't have those as much no so it's yeah not uncommon for people to look elsewhere for those highs totally. for sure I did the sound healing with Lou with your oh, sister yes. and that was yeah again just nothing like I've ever I've never done anything like that before yeah. and yeah I remember talking on that episode about how I just felt hugely grateful of like the work she was putting in to show me a mm. good time similar to when you have a massage you don't really think about the person giving the massage is like putting in graft to make you have an amazing experience I just think Hamish that you go into things in such a positive frame of mind this is the difference between you and I right. here which is where I'm probably going wrong you go into everything everything you do actually I notice with you you go into everything you step in and go I'm willing to give this a go I don't care whether it's good or bad I'm going to make the best out of this situation whereas I always come from an angle is like show me right right show me how this works and then I'll tell you yeah. I think you come from an angle where you're just going to give it 100% no matter what and le- even if you didn't enjoy it you would always come out going well I learnt about that and it was interesting and I'm glad mm. I did it mm. whereas I might just go oh, that was a fucking waste of time I'd rather be at home eating pizza yeah okay maybe that's it maybe it's just the approach it's the approach maybe people- this is what I'm going to learn this episode is that perhaps you know I am into stepping out of my comfort zone but maybe I need to approach things in a different 
different way, especially mm-hmm. to do with these therapies and healing and things. Yeah, but I don't think it's, you know, you're saying that you need to see something to believe it. All the things that you love would be very close to all the things that someone that's in spirituality loves. You love traveling, you love music, you know, like you live on the beach, you know, you have quite a wholesome life. Things like traveling, you see, you feel the experience immediately rather than have to sort of go to a separate place in your mind. Totally. I'm sure, yeah, I don't think you need to change change anything no and i think it is a spiritual feeling probably that some people get when they go to the beach and say i feel blessed and at one and grateful Mm. whereas i just go yeah i like being at the beach i'm just a bit more kind of down a level on my appreciation vocabulary (laughs) when doing the research for this i found some other weird and interesting ways people choose to get spiritual Okay, first of all, let's go over some therapies not necessarily used when alcohol is involved. What are some of the more out there ways people try to heal themselves? First one that I've come across, which I've always loved, never done it, but always loved it from afar, laughter therapy. Laughter therapy is the best. There's a clip on YouTube actually of um, a French, have you seen it? A French um, TV show where they got all the people with the weirdest laughs in the world to sit in the room together. It's the best. (laughs) They're all laughing. It's just a stage of people crying with laughter. It's the best thing. So that actually, I don't think it was French, I think it was Dutch and the presenter lost his job. Oh, because he was laughing so much yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll actually try and find that, put it in the show oh, notes. I'm, no, I'm thinking of the episode. It was it was people with weird voices. Oh, yes, I've seen that and one the as well. presenter lost yes, a job because yes. he kept giggling at them. I've seen that. We'll, yeah. we'll post both of those yeah. in the show notes because they're both really good videos. <laughs> Another one is hot cupping. It helps with pain, inflammation uh, and deep tissue massage, which I've seen lots of people recently mm. with hot cupping marks all over their body. It looks awful. And that is a healing therapy of some sort. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never done that either. It looks terrible. Yeah, people look like... Hot cupping. I can do with that. That's a form of therapy, having a, a hot cup. That is your spiritual experience. It is, yeah, especially a nice hot mug of Tetley. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, a spiritual. Bit off, bit off course. Did you find any of your childbirth spiritual? No. All just bloody awful. Well, it's, I was on a lot of opioids. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was kind of, I guess. I know I was under because I had C-sections. So, yeah. yeah, but I'm sure there is a stage where people can go to. I felt it more animalistic. In fact, I felt yeah. it very real. There was nothing spiritual. It was more organic and animal-like. Yeah, Like yeah, yeah. howling and, yeah. you know, screaming and all of those really kind of raw emotions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was never a point where I was kind of off in another mental state. The other one is a moist hay body wrap. People wrap each other in hay, which draws out toxins and stimulates metabolism. There you go. Okay, that one, neither of us could do with a straight face. No, I'm going to wrap... Yeah. I'm, you wait for it. I'm wrapping you in hay later. Yeah, I'd be neighing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Snail spa. Again, you've, got, you've done some good research here. I know, there's Snail so many weird spa. and wonderful therapies out there. Where live snails are left on your face to slither at will, leaving behind a mucus trail that is said to contain a beauty-boosting cocktail of proteins, antioxidants and hyaluronic acid. I do it every Saturday night, Hamish. Do you? I've got loads of snails in my garden. That's why your face is so young. I whack them on my face and let them wiggle around. (laughs) Your body is so old, but your face is so young. Yeah, can you see? Can you see the benefits? Look, he's looking at me now, shaking his head. Snail spa. Cactus massage, Hamish. How about one of those? In Pontamita in Mexico, it's called a Hakali massage, which involves cactus paddles that have had the spikes removed. The wellness comes from the rejuvenating mixture of cactus oils and blossom on the skin. Gosh. Sounds quite nice. It does. Well, does it? No, to me it just sounds prickly. Yeah. I know it says the bits have been removed, but that yeah. sounds horrible. Did I ever tell you about the French au pair that we had? No. So we always had 
female au pairs. Can't believe you or, had au pairs, know, Amish. Always. You're so posh. Well, what it was is that because neither of my parents spoke French, but we went to a French school. Oh, yes. My parents are the only way that they will get good at French. So if you get au pairs who are there during the school holidays, yes. and still speak French every day. That's amazing. So that was the theory. So yeah, the, the rule was... We have an au pair. The au pair's not allowed to speak to us in English. Oh, right. So it was really, so we had loads and they were like amazing relationships with them. We had a man once and this guy, it was a bit unusual. We stopped at a petrol station. We're driving somewhere and he got out of the car and we lost him for a bit. And yeah. my mum and dad found him stinging himself with stinging nettles. What? And I said, what are you doing? It's good for the circulation. Oh my God. Yeah. Like a sort of self-flagellation. Yeah. Imagine, with stinging nails. Oh. Anyway, snake massage. Yes. Explain this. It's when you just go into a pit of snakes and what? let them wriggle all over you. And it's supposed to feel really nice. Wow. Yeah. God, there's some weird things around. Yeah. But what are some alternative treatments for people with alcohol misuse disorder, Vic? First one we've got is meditation. Of so course. Obviously, yeah. is maybe one of the biggest ones. It helps people cope with certain stresses, um, but it's not likely to cure all alcohol dependency. It's a good idea, meditation. I've tried it many times. Yeah. I do understand why it would work. I'm not very good at it. I probably need to practice it a bit more. Mm -hmm. But I can see totally how it would work. Lucy got into it when she gave up drinking. She? she said it really helped her. Yep. Another one is light therapy. One of the side effects of alcohol withdrawal is poor quality of sleep. People living with alcohol use disorder are at more significant risks of sleep disorders, such as insomnia, of course. The light can reduce depression and promote a more natural sleep cycle. So is this just getting natural light or is this having a... No, I light? think you lie in a thing yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have light projected onto you. Yeah, sure I might have to sure look that up. Fake I might tanning. have made that up. Yeah, it's fake tanning. <laughs> and you come out looking really brown, yeah, ready for the beach. Everyone, everyone in Newcastle does it. Yeah. <laughs> um, nutritional counselling. When I read that, I'm just thinking you're with a counsellor, you're both just eating lovely food. Get foods. for lunch. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> says alcohol addiction affects your nutritional status. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, nearly all people with alcohol addiction are malnourished in some way. That's interesting, isn't it? I'm surprised by that. Because you're put off food at some point. I know some people eat more but some people eat less yeah yeah and they're not eating the right foods we're doing a whole episode on food so yes i've really enjoyed writing it by the way okay great anyway, doctors use nutritional therapy to help you feel better when you make nutrient dense food choices you have more energy okay so it's basically about changing your diet yes and someone yeah. helping you through it and going to the doctor and say look where am i going wrong and how can i feel better whilst in recovery which is great um, EFT is one that keeps coming up for me. I know a few people that do it. My friend Lisa does it. It's called the tapping method or mm. the emotional freedom technique. Tapping is a practical self-help method that involves using the fingers to gently tap on the body's acupuncture points, along with the meridian lines of Chinese medicine. EFT tapping helps you tune into negative patterns that form around uncomfortable thoughts, feelings or troubling memories. You tap on the correct pressure points while bringing the thoughts or emotions into consciousness. I've seen people doing this yeah. and apparently it works. Yeah. Loads of people swear by it. So I'd be I'd be interested to try that one, actually. Mm -hmm. Maybe so, we should... so is it something you, you learn or is it like a nervous tick? It's you... something that you learn. And wow. Lisa, a local lady that mm. I know who comes to the sober group, she does it. So maybe I'm going to organise a session of that for us yeah. just to see what it's like and we'll report back. Okay, I'm keen. Uh, yoga, another obvious one, along with meditation. Yeah. And it's great to sort of slow everything down, control your breath. So, yeah, I know a lot of people turn to that. Basically, a lot of people turn to something, don't they? I think L so. Looking because for you, something. Yeah, and also because you have more energy and more time, mm. you're going to look for replacement things instead of going to the pub. Mm -hmm. And some of these things might be that, might be just a replacement thing for you to feel better 
And because you're more interested in self-help yep. and self-health, these are some of the things that you might go it's to. It's just another like bolt-on to sobriety smugness, isn't it? Definitely. I'm already not drinking alcohol now. Boom. Meditation. Yeah. Yoga. Yeah. Just we slowly slotting it all in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Slowly become more and more snug throughout the years. Music therapy, as we spoke about, Mm -hmm. it helps people with alcoholism deal with physical and emotional issues. We went to that dance thing that time, didn't we? I can see why stomping in the dark to some really loud house music would make you just feel really euphoric and give you that high that you used to have with alcohol. Mm -hmm. If you're searching for that again, it definitely would give you that. Another interesting one. Equine therapy. Yep. So I thought you had me at the rolling in hay. Equine therapy is a recent study that suggested that a relationship between a horse and a patient can provide support and reduce the effects of depression during withdrawal phases. That must be why cowboys are always happy. They always seem happy cowboys, don't they? They've got relationships with horses. That's probably why. I think the irony of like being addicted to ketamine and then doing equine therapy yeah. during the yeah. come down. I don't think it means taking uh, ketamine. <laughs> no. Which is, know, a, which is a horse tranquilizer, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Equine therapy. I can see that with dogs. Yes. I, yeah, I'm sort of afraid of horses. Well, no, I'm not afraid of horses, but they are. They do have big faces. They do have very, very long faces, yeah. yeah. I, actually, Hamish, I've written a few horse jokes for the next episode. So we, okay. Maybe we can't. No, we're not going to tell no, them no, all no, now. No. The other one is art therapy. I went to a paint and sip, which of course is... It's not the best idea when you're sober, but any sort of painting or creating or craft. I love doing craft and Mm. pottery. All of those creative things are a form of therapy. And I like those, Hamish, because there's nothing spiritual about that for me. Mm. Doing an art therapy is just creating something out of nothing. And that makes you feel good. And that's fact for me. Yeah. So I wonder if when you're doing that, your mind is in a sort of quiet hyper-focused place similar to I a meditation. See, yes, it definitely is, yeah. You're taking your mind out of your... You're sort of out of your thoughts, aren't yeah. you, when you're sitting creating something like that. It is a sort of meditative state, like going for a walk. It's something different to the mm-hmm. norm without your head buzzing around and thinking of all the things you've got to do that day. So that is perhaps That's why it. I like so it. So maybe yeah. it's like me being bored meditating alone, but yeah. loving meditating with someone, you're getting that when building Lego. Yeah. Like- when you say art, I think she's just building Lego. <laughs> she's not painting a landscape. She's doing connects. Four. No, was that? Yeah, I was thinking Connect. What was the other one that was like Lego? Skeletrics. Skeletrics, yeah, that's a form of art. <laughs> How's equine therapy not on the alternative medicine? Oh, no, list? these are like medicines that you take. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. so okay. The, the, it's about, this episode is about spirituality and alternative therapies. Okay, so these are right. these are a mixture of things. It's all the woo-woo stuff, basically, Hamish, that I snarl at when anyone mentions it, but yeah. it's probably quite helpful. Then you I should call it that. Things then. that Vicky snarls at, but other people find very helpful. Okay, we've got alternative medicines used for cravings. I didn't know there were any Yeah, there are. Medicines. So there's, there's natural therapies that people use for alcohol use disorder. Mm. One of them is milk thistle, which is a herb which is rich in antioxidants um, and is often touted as a means of restoring liver health and protecting against liver damage from too much alcohol. Does it come from a thistle? Comes from a milk. Oh, Carl, so you're right. <laughs> yes, yeah, the milk, makes a lot of sense. the milk animal. Okay. Yeah, and the other one is ashwangada. I'm glad that you got to read that, not me. Ashwangada. Yes, okay. I think that's right. It is used in Ayurvedic medicine, which originated in India. The other one is kudzu flour, used to curb binge drinking. 
not stop it. So don't recommend this for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a few things that you can use to stop cravings. Mm -hmm. The breath work and the ice baths. Funnily enough, the guy that I do it with, so it's a company called Breath Collective who are in Brisbane. He's also sober. He's been sober for years. I got myself into it by doing a lot of... I'd always researched ice baths and breath work. We'd never done it. And then sobriety, loads of time. The effects are immediate. Like you immediately feel amazing yeah yeah your dopamine levels increase by 250 percent for the next 24 hours that's crazy so you're buzzing yeah it's impossible for you to not feel it okay um and also the other benefit for me with it is that it's so cold that you can't help but be hyper focused in the present okay you're you're not thinking about the shopping or tax whatever right it's so freezing that you're totally totally present and all the other thoughts get turned off okay that's cool so yeah we're actually i'm going to do a whole episode on dopamine we've talked talked about it a little bit throughout the whole podcast but really you can't talk about addiction without talking about dopamine Mm -hmm. so i think it should have its own episode yeah definitely i think i am up for doing an ice bath with you at some point they do them at your local beach yes they do they do it on friday mornings at sunrise at just five minutes walk from my house and i would like to do it i do feel a bit nervous about it but i was watching some something the other day where they were talking about how ice baths are becoming really popular mm. in society like people are doing them more and more and more it's becoming a bit of a thing but the problem is with it it's not just for sober people of course so mm. people are going out and doing ice baths and then going out and getting pissed at the weekend and it kind of loses its call then because it's actually it's counterproductive to have an ice bath and then go out and piss but that's the problem with health and wellness is like sometimes they get confused because people are still going out taking drugs and getting pissed and having bonkers weekends and then they're really yeah. really healthy in the week and then it counteracts all the yeah, work that yeah, you've yeah. done i remember you mentioning that before yeah, that you used to go before. out on a big bender and then you know you'd go for a run to make yourself feel really functional during the week and then go out on another bender yeah. so i think what we're talking about today is doing these things in sobriety and actually reaping the benefits of them rather than numbing them out whatever it is you choose to do i think it's a shame to then go against what you've learnt by, you know, getting on the piss at the weekend. Mm. I guess, yeah, what I'm thinking as we do this episode is there would be two reasons that you would you would explore something spiritual in your sobriety. One would be you're struggling with, you know, coming off something you're addicted to and your brain is feels like a scrambled egg yep. um, and you're looking for some sort of direction or something to quieten down or something to focus on or something to distract you. Or you're looking for a high. You're looking for a huge human buzz that you can't do, can't get from alcohol anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll find it in something spiritual. Yeah. It seems to be that you might fall into one of those two routes. I think the problem is then that you're still searching for a high. Mm-hmm. And I think that is an issue for anyone with an addictive personality or prior problems with a substance. I think life shouldn't have to be about topping up yeah. your character or your your feelings. I think sobriety is about living that content life. And that does worry me. Like, what if I really liked an ice bath and then I wanted to do it all the time? Mm. Or, you know, of course, it's OK because it's not causing me any mental health issues and it's probably good for you. But at the same time... I think searching for something that gives you that sort of euphoria, it could also be shaky ground because Mm. then you're not trying to just live on that more content line. But if you're going to get addicted to do anything... It's probably ice is probably okay. (laughs) Not that sort of ice. (laughs) Not methamphetamine. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh dear, it's a really interesting topic, hey? Before we have a look into spirituality in regards to AA, let's have a quick chat about our own religious beliefs. I think people can probably guess mine from how I am <laughs> already. I totally understand why people are religious and I respect all religions, especially as part of our history and our culture. I'm fascinated in religion. I love being amongst people who are of a different religion than me or a different culture because I really soak that stuff up. As I said, like in India, I went to the home mm. of the Buddha and I just love learning. So, and for me, learning about other religions, I find absolutely fascinating. But of course, personally, I need more proof. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how I am. That's how I've always been. I'm not from a religious family. I believe in the things that are around me and the people that I love. And for me to believe in a, in whatever it is, it's just not possible for yeah, me. Fair enough. For me, I, I grew up Catholic. So I went to a Catholic school called Amperforth and it was like a very religious place. You know, we did prayers every morning, prayers every evening. We did mass twice a week. We sang Compline once a week. It was that was the focus of the school, really. And I used to go to Lourdes. So Lourdes is like a... It's a place in France up in the mountains oh, where yeah. the Virgin Mary appeared to this group of teenagers a few times hmm. at this one specific spot. And now lots of people go there as part of a religious retreat. To like a of, pilgrimage to there. Exactly. Sort of thing, yeah. like, like miracles have happened there. And it is extraordinary. And I think... What I liked about it is, you know, in a place that is considered religious and sacred and special, people go there to find something. And even if it's not healing, you know, some people have been healed there, which is extraordinary. But even if it's not, you know, people arriving in a wheelchair and walking, walking away, they find something. There's something about a thousand or ten thousand people all being somewhere for the same reason. I believe in that. that. There's a power in that. Yeah, yeah there is a power and in that. And they had these baths there, so these freezing cold baths, this holy water. And you'd, I'd work in there and, you know, someone would come in a wheelchair or they'd come in and be incredibly sick or very old, whatever it was, and you'd effectively dunk them in this bath, which was freezing. And then you, I'd see them change, you know, just, it was the high, a lot of them said it was the highlight of their year. Because it's it, a nice bath. It, well, yes, sort of a nice bath, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, really special working in these baths particularly for me there's lots of things going on around Lourdes but the baths in particular were just extraordinary oh god you'd have to take me there Hamish because all, all when you're talking like saying yeah some people have been been healed there I'm just thinking what a load of rubbish yeah I, uh, <laughs> no a mate of mine's granny went up she was this yeah you don't think she was I just she think went it's coincidence a, she I went just up think with a crucifix around yeah. her neck it was yes. not a gold crucifix she yes. walked up there and she walked back down it was gold <laughs> And there was I just a, don't believe no, it. No, there was a guy in my school whose cousin, <laughs> whose cousin went up there. He did walked up there in a wheelchair and he walked down. Oh, I don't believe it, Hamish. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. See, I just don't believe it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm a cynicist, aren't you I? Are. Yeah, I just I'm just sitting there just shaking my head at him, going, "Do you really believe that?" Yeah, it's pretty special. Lourdes is pretty cool. Oh, it we're going to have to go there. We're going to go on up. a pilgrimage. <laughs> it's quite. Yeah, I went there when I first when I was 17, and basically you work in a hospital, and. 17 years old, first day there. Right, how can I help? They go, there's a guy in that room who's in his 90s and he's ass wiped. Day one. Whoa. So the only asses I've wiped, me, that guy and Sonny. That would be a miracle getting me into wiping (laughs) 90 year old ass. Yeah, it's quite intense on day one. Um, So I feel like I, really since leaving school and, you know, getting to an age where you basically have your own decisions around religion. Yeah. I feel like I'm less religious and more spiritual, which is sort of what, what we've spoken about in this in this episode. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't believe that Catholics are right and everyone else is wrong. Yeah. I think everyone's got their own reason to believe in what they believe in. Everyone probably has 
whatever it is that you believe in, you're probably right. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel yes, about I it. Yes, I think that's fair. Yeah. What I do like about Catholicism is the church. I think the church is very dull most of your life as a child. Mm. It feels like a punishment to go there and you don't know what's going on. But I think as an environment, a place where the door is always open, that is warm and welcoming and you can go there. And really, when you pray, funnily enough, I read this recently, when you pray, your breath drops to the similar sort of rate that it would be when you're meditating. Okay. So it's a very similar experience. So I like a church as like a community, welcoming, supportive environment where it's dry. I like the concept of that. And I like the songs. And you like the songs, yeah. Yeah, the songs good. Like singing, communal singing is definitely a form of therapy, I think, like pub choirs, things like that, I think are good. But yeah... I'm just so critical. Uh, all the things going on. I'm not even going to say all the things going around in my head, Hamish, because <laughs> no. people email me and say I'm a terrible person yeah. and I'm going to get You're a bolt the of devil. lightning. You are the devil. <laughs> Sorry. But let's have a chat about the use of the term God in AA, Vic. As we know, AA starts 100 years ago, but I wonder what it means in terms of recovery. I mean, is it really a God they're referring to at AA meetings all over the world or is it something else? It's a good question, actually. Let's start with spirituality versus religion. To be spiritual is not necessarily to be religious. Non-believers can be spiritual, like you, Hamish, a bit. Mm -hmm. That is, they feel emotionally connected with the world and experience meaning in their lives. I guess that's both of us, right? Exactly. Is there such a thing as a naturalist, Hamish? Or is that just naked people? I'm not sure. Because I think I believe in nature, in the earth and giving back to the people I love and living in the now and just doing well in life. I really believe in that sort of karma. I know karma is probably a very spiritual word, but I believe in just giving. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, okay, good. I think naturalist is just naked people. Yeah, I think it is. Which is also cool. I believe in naked people. But yeah, I think what you're referring to is called earth centered religion or nature worship, which is a system of religion based on natural phenomena and tree hugging. Okay, I think I'm that then. So I'm a nature worshipper. That sits well well with you. That sits well with me. I'm fine with that. I'm probably a nature worshipper that needs probably a very heavy dose of inner child work and endless therapy. That's about right. That's That's where I sit. Anyway, back to Alcoholics Anonymous. This is a great question. They consider alcoholism to have three components. They are mental, physical and spiritual. AA believes that alcoholics have the physical allergy to alcohol, a mental obsession to keep drinking and a spiritual void such that willpower is inadequate. Alcoholics sometimes express the feeling that they have a hole in their soul or an emptiness in their life. So spiritual help for alcoholism is the foundation of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay, so why do some people think this term God or spirituality may give AA a bad name? I think if you're not religious and you hear about God being part of mm. AA, it definitely puts you off reaching for help with them. And I think because it was designed 100 years ago, those two words, alcohol and anonymous, and anonymous, anonymous, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and anonymous, don't sit well for a lot of people, as does that word. It never sat well with me mm-hmm. because I didn't believe in God. So therefore, would, why would I go somewhere yeah. that is God based? I guess people don't do the next level of research. You just hear AA is God, I'm not into God, therefore AA is not for me. Yeah, and I think actually a lot of people miss out on some really good help because I do think AA is brilliant. The 12 steps is amazing and it works for a hell of a lot of people. So I'm never going to diss what they do. I think what they do is amazing, but I do believe it needs to be updated. For me personally, I talk about alcoholism because I think 
talking about it takes away the stigma of it. Mm-hmm. And the word anonymous doesn't sit well with me, mm-hmm. and nor does the word alcoholic. I think they're both a bit outdated because of this vast spectrum. And I do think it needs somebody to come in and kind of take over. Maybe I'm going to take over and say, right, you need to do this, this and this. And then more people will get help. Mm-hmm. God is also hard to swallow when you're in active addiction. Catholicism is a lot about guilt, yeah. you know, so I guess feeling of guilt, I'm sinning when I'm, when I'm drinking or I make mistakes or whatever. So it can be difficult to uh, to comprehend the idea that God is telling you off and God is at AA and you're, you're yeah. naughty. Yeah, I don't think they mention it. We're going to explain it all in a minute, but I don't think they really talk about God in the way that we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. It's just something else or whatever you want it a to be. A higher power. A higher power mm-hmm. is what they mention a lot. When you don't understand what spirituality means, then you might be put off. So what does it mean, Hamish? It's a big question, is it? Hamish, it is a, what does spirituality... Yes, I'm, I'm not putting you on the on the pressure on and here, Hamish. I've got Hamish, three sentences please, to yeah, please, can you explain to me the entire history and evolution of spirituality yeah, okay. in one word? Okay, yeah. Hmm. Homla! Spiritual help for alcoholism can take many forms. I'll just focus on it within the alcohol. Okay, good world. idea. Yes, that's where we sit. Narrow it down a little bit. Okay. So people can practice it through faith, healing, prayer, meditation, psychic techniques, Reiki, many others, like we discussed. Common is the belief that a spirit or energy heals or helps the body heal itself. Okay, so spirituality is a form of healing if we were going yes. to really break it down. I actually went to the FAQs for AA to find out the answer if you need to be spiritual to be part of AA. And this is what it said. Alcoholics Anonymous has only one requirement for membership, and that is the desire to stop drinking. There is room in AA for people of all shades of belief and non-belief. So that was great. So if you're questioning whether Mm. to go to AA because of your beliefs, then always go. Give it a chance because you are welcome there. I didn't go to AA, but I know so many people it's worked for. My sister is 25 years sober because of AA. So Mm -hmm. I'm always going to say it's a positive thing. So there you go. You don't have to be spiritual at all. So don't let it put you off. AA is for everyone. You'll get to meet people just like you, which is a form of therapy in itself. Just like you were saying, those people getting together Mm -hmm. at the Virgin Mary statue in Lord. It's the same thing. It's like maybe a sort of group People being together and sharing an experience is almost a spiritual thing in itself. 100%. Seems that there are a lot of alternative options when giving up drinking. Some might work for you and others might not. Giving all these natural remedies a go could lead you to find something that really helps you. Even though I'm more of a believer in a good chat with your GP and a solid run of more conventional methods of treatment, I don't see why doing some yoga, meditation and putting a crystal on your clacker... (laughs) On your chakra, sorry. Won't hurt. Whatever helps. I'm happy to try some of these, Vic. I'm into opening my horizons a bit. As long as I don't have to put crystal in my bum. I think that is a different form of healing, that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not sure we can guarantee that, Hamish, but I do have a bale of hay and some snails in your garden. Get your kit off. It's time for some therapy. Master Adam's Cairns. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God, indeed. Couple of quotes. Couple of quotes. You have to grow from the inside out. None can teach you. None can make you spiritual. There is no other teacher but your own soul. Oh, that's a good one, actually. Do you want to pronounce that person that said that? Swami Vivekananda. That's the one. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. There you go. Do you believe in that one? 
Yes, I do. You're I do a believe in that. Being, but... I think I potentially am, but like I don't know, something wrong with me. It is definitely my problem with watching too much Netflix documentaries mm. because you hear about all of these things, like the what's the hot yoga called? Bikram. Bikram. Okay. Bikram Did you watch the Bikram nasty, documentary? Was a nasty piece of work. Yes, and things like the Nexium cult documentary. Watch it. It's on binge. It's called The Vow. It just reminds it people are vulnerable sometimes going into certain forms mm. of therapy, and people use that against people financially, sexually, in all these different ways. And it makes me take a step back from these things okay. because I feel like I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going on there. And I always remember when I see sort of culty things happening, uh, people going to therapy and and group therapy and all these things. I always take a step back and go, I wonder if this is going to be a Netflix documentary in a few yeah. years, and it's going to come out that this was a sex because often they do I'm not saying all of them do but I'm just saying that's why I always have to have 100% certainty before stepping mm. forward into something okay so if anyone's listening and has watched an amazing Netflix documentary which is positive about spirituality recently send it to us yes click on hamish at soberawkward.com you need to maybe stop watching are you on like because you've watched Bikram yes. and paedophiles and murders you should also watch this one I reckon you're in like a <laughs> An echo chamber of negative shit. (laughs) That's basically my life. An echo chamber of negative shit. (laughs) I'm just a bit negative. I think I want to be more like you, actually. I want to go into things with your positive attitude a bit more. Because, you know, being the way I am and being this pessimist all the time, it's funny. You know, yeah. it kind of gives me humour and mm. it gives me stories. But at the same time, perhaps I miss out on feeling certain things. Maybe. Yeah. Your religion is a cup of tea and a chat. That's cup of tea and a chat. Perfect. Yeah. 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 You want a cup of tea? No, I hate it. Oh, God, come <laughs> on, mate. Do you? Tea. Yeah, I hate you can't it. hate tea. I'm English, I hate tea. It's an embarrassment to my country. Excommunicated. Yeah. You are from my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks this is the last episode of Sober Awkward yeah, ever. Excommunicated from the Church of Tea. That's it. Bye bye, Hamish. Thanks for listening. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling. Contact a local doctor. Find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it? Hi there. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now, wherever you get your podcasts. 
and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So, as you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? No, it's probably ones with moody, moody what? sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, good, yeah. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. <laughs> you can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry and cringe and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. <laughs> my teeny little wooden heart. Well, his, teeny little, his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs> 